turn your Bible, please, first of all, to Acts chapter 5. <clears throat> I like to go through the Bible sometime and find things and, read and study them and see how they uh, teach certain doctrines, uh, certain things that you see there that, uh, that goes with the Old Testament and the New Testament. And I was going through the Bible and I, the word trees hit me and I got to looking it up and studying it. So this morning I want you to be in Acts chapter 5, verse 17, and I'd like to just read a little bit. Then the high priest rose up, and all they that were with him, which is the sect of the Sadducees, and were filled with indignation, and had their hands on the apostles, and laid their hands on the apostles, and put them in the common prison. But the angel of the Lord by night opened the prison doors, and brought them forth and said, Go stand and speak in the temple to the people all the words of this life. And when they heard that, they entered into the temple early in the morning and taught. But the high priest came, and they that were with him, and called the council together, and all the senate of the children of Israel, and sent to the prison to have them brought. But when the officers came and found them not in the prison, they returned and told saying, The prison truly found we shut with all safety, and the keeper standing without before the door. But when we opened, we found no man within. Now when the high priest and the captain of the temple and the chief priest heard these things, they doubted of them whereunto this would grow. Then came one of them, saying, Behold the men whom you put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. Then went the captain with the officers and brought them without violence, and they feared the people, lest they should have been stoned. And when they had brought them, they set them before the council. And the high priest asked them, saying, Did not we straightly command you that you should not teach in this name? And behold, you have filled Jerusalem with doctrine, intent to bring this man's blood upon us. Then Peter and the others, apostles, answered, said, we ought to obey God rather than man. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom you slew and hanged on a tree. Him hath God exalted with his right hand to be a prince and a savior, and to, forgive, and to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are his witnesses of these things, and so is also the Holy Ghost, whom God has given to them uh, that obey him. Now turn with me, please, in the same thought for just a minute to the book of Genesis. I'll be reading in the book of Genesis in just a minute in chapter 2, and I'd like to begin to read in verse 8 in just a second. But if you'll notice the uh, verse 30 in Acts chapter 5, it says, The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom you slew and hanged on a tree. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24 says, <clears throat> Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. Now turn over to Genesis chapter 2 with me, and I'd like to begin to read in verse 8. And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put to the man whom he had formed, and out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree 
that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life also in the midst of the garden and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And a river went out of Edom, Eden uh, to water the garden and from thence it was parted and became into four heads. The name of the first is Pison, that is to which compasses the whole land of Havilah where there is gold. And the gold of that land is good. There is Bedlam and the Ark stones. And the name of the second river is Gihon. The same is he that passes the whole land of Ethiopia. And the name of that river is Hedekiah, that is, which goeth toward the east of Syria. And the fourth river is Euphrates. And the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat. But if of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. <clears throat> now in Genesis chapter 2, verses 9, it says, And out of the ground God made the, the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant in the sight of and is good for food. The tree of life also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Now, when you study the Old Testament scriptures, God gives us many wonderful truths in contrast, and sometimes in ways of uh, comparison. In Genesis 2.9 is one of those cases. The tree of knowledge of good and evil, in Genesis 2.9, then in Acts chapter 5, verse 30, the God of our Father raised up Jesus, whom he slew and hanged on a tree. In 1 Peter 2.24, who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree. Now, why should the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ be spoken of as a tree? I believe God wanted us to go back to Genesis chapter 2 and verse 9 and compare the two trees. Now, when you do go back and study and compare and contrast these two trees of knowledge and good and evil, and the tree on which Jesus was crucified, there are some remarkable comparisons and contrasts between the two trees. Notice some of them. First of all, the first tree was planted by God. Genesis 2.9 This tree was planted not by Adam, but by Adam's maker, God. But notice the second tree, the tree which Jesus was nailed, was planted by man. Matthew 27, verse 35 and they crucified him, and the word they here, it was human hands which made and provided and erected the cruel tree on Calvary, the hill of Calvary then. Notice now in plain contrast from the first tree, here it was the hands of uh, the, the created and not the creator which planted the second tree. Man, not God. Now, the second contrast, the Bible says the first tree was pleasant to the eyes. Genesis 3, verse 6. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. Now, what this plainness was, was we were told, but it must have been a thing of beauty uh, when you think about it. I know trees to me. I love trees. always have. Uh, there's a friend of mine that he just don't like trees. 
on his piece of property. He tore down every tree on his piece of property. He, he, he said, I like the land. I don't want trees all messing up everything. Well, I've always loved trees. Now, now what a contrast. Now, I want you to see from the garden uh, to the cross. The second tree in the garden, a beauty and desire, but on Galgotha's hill, the cross of Christ was a terrible, nightmarish sight. Blood, anguish, crying, tears, the suffering of the Savior, the howling crowd, the taunting priests, the two thieves, the flowing blood, the three hours of darkness, nothing there to please the outward eye. The first tree was pleasant to the eyes. The Bible says the second tree, if you look with me please in Isaiah uh, 53 for just a minute, Isaiah 53, uh, they saw in him no beauty that they should desire him. Look at Isaiah 53, verse 2 and 3. For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, and as a root out of a dry ground. He had no form nor comeliness, and when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, and we hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Now, notice the contrast here. Then, uh, number two, the third contrast, God forbid man to eat of the first tree. Genesis 2, verse 17. But of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. Now, here's God's prohibition was placed upon the fruit of this tree. Now, what a difference the second tree no restrictions here. Here man is freely invited to come near and eat of this tree. The sinner is bidden to come. The Bible says, And taste and see that the Lord is good. All things are ready to come. Jesus said, Come unto me and I will no wise cast you out. That's at the second tree. The position is exactly reversed. Just as man was commanded not to eat of the fruit of the tree for the first tree, he is now commanded to eat freely of the second tree. Now turn with me to John chapter 6. In John chapter 6, and look with me please in verse 47. John 6 verse 47. Verily will I say unto you, He that believeth on me hath everlasting life. I am that bread of life. Your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread which cometh down from heaven, that a man may eat thereof and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. The Jews therefore strove among themselves, said, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except you eat of the flesh of the Son of Man, and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Now I want you to watch this, please. And because of God's forbid man to eat of the first tree, Satan used every deceivable thing he could to get man to eat of that tree. But the very opposite is true of the second tree. 
at the cross. Satan uses all his power to prevent man from eating of that tree. The devil did all he could to get Adam and Eve to eat of the first tree. The devil disease and misquotes scripture and does all the powers he got to keep people from eating of the second tree, Calvary. Then the fifth contrast, the eating of the first tree brought sin and death. Listen to this, Genesis 2 verse 17. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. Now when Adam and Eve eat of that first tree, sin entered in all the world, and its curse and death and misery entered in mankind with it. But contrary to that, by eating of the second tree, the cross, comes life and salvation. Turn to look at John chapter 6 again now, in verse 53. Verse 53. Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except you eat of the flesh of the Son of Man, and drink of His blood, you shall have no life in you. Now, verse 54. What, whoso eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. Now, notice the contrast. The eating of the second tree, the cross, comes life and salvation. Again, just as by eating man lost his spiritual life, just so by eating he has eternal life. And that's the difference in the two trees. In contrast, the sixth thing, Adam the thief, eat of that tree of life of, of God, said he could not eat of, was turned out of paradise. But a repentant thief, through eating of the second tree, the cross of Christ, entered into paradise. Here's one of the ways I know the Bible is the inspired word of God. The only time Jesus uses this word paradise is here in connection with his cross and a thief. Now notice something. By eating of the first tree, Adam and Eve became uh, uh, two thieves. They were the act of, of theft. And it's no accident that Jesus was crucified or hung on a tree, his cross, between two thieves. Again, the difference of these two thieves are very important here. One, cast out of paradise, the garden. The other, admitted into paradise, heaven. Now, go on down with me, note some of the resemblance of the two trees. Both trees were planted in a garden. The first tree was planted in the Garden of Eden. The second tree, the cross of Christ, was planted in an unnamed garden. John chapter 19, verse 41. Now in the place where he was crucified, there was a garden. And in the garden, a new scepter, wherein was never man laid. Isn't it something? When you compare the two, and you start reading and studying these things, how God uses something over here, and He shows it to you plain in the New Testament. In both of these trees that God is talking about here, they were both in the garden. Now, notice, the first Adam did die spiritually in a garden. The last man, Adam, Christ, also died in a garden. Notice also the connection with both trees. We find the word, in the midst. In Genesis 2.9, the tree of life also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But, John 19, verse 18, says the second tree, 
where they crucified Him, that is Christ, and two others with Him on either side, and Jesus in the midst. I love to read the Bible and, and watch how God uses the words to show you wonderful truths of the Bible. Both are trees of the knowledge of good and evil. No place on earth can you plain see and learn of good and evil as you do at the second tree of the cross. There goodness is incarnate in the person of Christ. There the holiness of God is put on display on the cross. There we plainly see the Lord of the love of God. John 3.16 The matchless grace of God is revealed at the cross. But there too as no place else we see vileness, heinous, awfulness, and sin as it appears in the eyes of the thrice holy God. Therefore the cross is also the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Then notice Genesis 3 and verse 6, And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat. Now notice, but the second tree is good for food. Uh, to the cross of Christ, and all of it stands for is very meat and more to the believer's life. It's good for the meat, for the soul, and how pleasant it is to the eyes of faith. In other words, what I'm saying is, as the world looks at the cross of Christ, the tree that Jesus was crucified on, they say, what a horrible thing, what a horrible place to see as the cross of Christ and Him being crucified. But we look at it as the tree of life. I go to the cross and I get life, eternal life. Amen. And I, I thought about this one time when I first got saved. I said, I wish I'd have been there that day that they tried to crucify Christ. I would have fought for it. But after I got saved, I would have fought. Before I got saved, I said, I, I would have fought and took him down. I'd done everything I could to get him off of that cross. But after I got saved, I said, I thank God he went to the cross. Amen. Because if he hadn't have gone to the cross and died for me, I'd have had no eternal life. Now, when you contrast the two trees in, in the Garden of Eden with the cross of Christ, which is a tree the Bible calls up, the cross of Christ, and all that it stands for is very meat and mark to the believer's life. In 1 John 1, 7, it's only the second tree, the cross, we see the ground upon which a holy God can meet a guilty sinner. Uh, there we see the finished work of Jesus is redeemed. How beautiful and pleasant is the cross of Christ to the believer. This second tree is also a tree to be desired to make one wise. You know what I will laugh at is the wisdom of the world. Man, you talk to unsaved people, they know about more about everything in the world and you, you can't teach them nothing. But you know what it is? that The Bible says that a saved person is a wise person. He knows of the things of God. Amen. The preaching of the cross is not only the power of God, but it is the wisdom of God also. The knowledge of this second tree, the cross, makes a sinner wise unto salvation. I was talking to a man yesterday, and, and uh, he had noticed, and I've known him for a long time, me and him as good friends. 
And uh, but I, I question his salvation. I don't know. He declared he's saved, but no fruits of it in his life. And he said, I don't understand something. He said, How come God blesses you all the time? And it just seems like that everything you do, God blesses you. And 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 that don't happen to me. He said, I worked all of my life, and he has. He's been a hard worker all his life. He said, I don't have hardly anything. And he said, I just don't understand this. I said, uh, you know what? I want to show you something now. And I'm not questioning your salvation. I'm just going to try to show you something. I'm a child of God. I'm a child of the King. God takes care of His children. Amen? I believe that. And you know where the blessings come? The wisdom of this world, they just don't understand how we can be blessed. And they can, and I know people that has millions and they're miserable. They're not satisfied. They have no peace. And they can't lay their head down and go to sleep in peace. Listen, what little I got, I can lay my head down. I can be at peace. With all the world's mess that's going on in this world, I can honestly rest and say, God's still in control. Amen? And I believe that 100%. So the wisdom of the world is not the wisdom of God. They just don't understand it. Now, I said all this to show something. How wonderful the Word of God really is. How on every page the cross of Christ is shown. And here especially, the cross of Christ is pictured so plain for sinners to be saved. I can tell anybody. You know what I like to do? I love to get in debate with somebody that thinks they know everything. Now, I don't do that around y'all much, but I, when I'm, if I get a chance, I do love to just get to, to somebody that thinks... It's like a man told me one time. I was working with him, and we was laying brick together. And I hadn't been saved long, and he, we'd come together in the middle, and he'd argue and fuss and fight and cuss and raise sin. And, and then I got saved. And the next day I went back out on the job, and I never will forget it. We were working on the same line together. And I said, boy, I got saved last night. God saved my soul by His grace. I'm just talking about the grace of God. Oh, he said, I, my daddy was a preacher, and, and I was in the church. And man, he said, Revelation chapter so and so. And he went on talking about Revelation. He didn't know more about Revelation than a man in a moon. But all of a sudden now, from cussing and raising and standing on a job, he knew more about the Bible than anybody could teach him. And he's going to teach me all about the Bible and Revelation and everything else in the world. And I later on, I got to reading and studying the Bible, and I said, that guy was about as stupid as dirt. He didn't know anything about the book of Revelation. What all he was saying wasn't true. And I found out something. The wisdom of the world is not the wisdom of God. And you know what? When you study these two trees, the tree is in the garden and in the tree of Calvary, you see this, the wonderful truth and how wonderful the Word of God is and how He reveals Himself to a lost and dying world if you look for it. God will give you a truth in the Bible, then He'll explain it to you in the Bible. And one thing I know, you know, one man I said one time, I was talking to about the Lord, and he said to I wish I could understand the Bible like you do. And uh, he said, I wish I could uh, have books and everything that would explain the Bible. 
I said, sir, the Bible interprets itself. If you will study the Bible, you don't need another commentary to study the Bible. You can have them. They're good. But you don't necessarily need it because the Bible uh, explains itself. You can read over here something truth in the Bible, but if you'll keep reading it, it'll explain it to you. Did you ever know? Did you ever read the parables that Jesus taught in parables? And He would teach a parable to a lost and dying world, and then He'd get His disciples aside, and He would tell them the secrets of that parable. And He revealed to them, this book is not to the world, it's to the saved person. Only this book is for a good one thing, to the lost and dying world, to come to know the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. But if you reject Him, it's a closed book to you. It's hid to you. But if God saves your soul, He reveals wonderful truth to you all the way through it. Amen? That's why I love to read and study.